Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast about upcycling. It's Reclaimed Audio with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 64 for January 26th, 2016. This week's top Patreon supporters are... Whoa, 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 whoa. January... What? Uh, oh, I guess 25th. You're right. Sorry, we're recording late. Let me just change And what year? Did I say 2016? You did. I meant to say 2017. Okay, good call. When did when did Lutz become the numbers guy of the podcast? I don't know. I don't know. That's... I'm really freaking out. It's like the Twilight Zone here today. It is. This is like the third time this week that he's been the one on the ball. I know. I don't know. I mean, it's a very small ball, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you turn 50. You get small balls and you're on them. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said, to be honest. Yeah, it might be. If I'm being, <laughs> if I'm being truthful. Casey, do not smack him. Uh, our top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Trust in Timber, Sean Petty, Scott Turner, Andrew Reed, Randall Denver, and Greg Mead. Gentlemen, we haven't spoken in something like eight days. How you doing? What are you working on? Bill, you go first. I'm going through withdrawals. I need my Tim and Phil fix, and I am working on a couple of things. I'm, I'm, I promised Casey I would get that stupid shoe rack. I mean, her lovely shoe rack. Uh, you guys remember I talked about, I have parts from a China hutch and some wrought iron fencing or metal fencing. I'm going to make a shoe rack and I'm thinking about doing a, uh, non lathe pen build and I don't want to give any undue shout out. So just figure it out. Look up. You know, I don't even care if you look anything up. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a pen without using a lathe. Terrific. That's it. Tim. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, geez, guess what? I'm making, uh, still working on a, a reclaimed wood dining table with a steel base. <laughs> and, uh, it's just like, I mean, it's almost done, but there's like the whole finishing process of the, uh, the two part epoxy. And it takes time because I end up, you have to fill in some gaps and you put another layer and then you sand it all off. And then I, I do this finish. So it's like every, every day it's like, I'll spend like an hour like doing this. And it's like, oh, well, that's pretty much it for today on that. Time to move on to something else that doesn't create too much dust. You know? I still hope that you do a video on the um, modularity of it in packaging. You know, I, I'm, I was thinking about that. I like the idea, and uh, I think I might um, – I'm going to – because what I was going to do was for the – just for the customer's eyes, I was going to show them like a – make a quick assembly video just to show how it goes together, you know, label the parts and stuff. But um, – and uh, so I think what I'll do is um, <laughs> when I have it all done, I'll assemble it and videotape tape record that, and then I'll, I'll again record my disassembly and boxing of it. What if check this out? What if you record it's 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 already packaged, right? So you unpackage it, assemble it for your for your customer, but then you just play that whole thing backwards as a video. I could do that, but that sounds like a lot more work because then I would have to package it again. No, no. Oh, oh, oh wait, just, wait, wait. Oh, just put, oh, so package it, but then play it backwards. But that wouldn't. No, you're right. I was trying to make you package it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you unpackage it at the customers. Yeah, but that the, if I could do that, I wouldn't package it. I would just bring it there. So none well, of Bill's idea was good. If you had a truck and a lot saying. of gas, you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting complicated. I'm working on some other stuff too, but whatever. So how about you, Phil? 
Uh, I just got back from Vegas last night, so uh, that's how why was it. It was um, well, it's a lot of work. I mean, I, I wasn't there for fun or anything. I was there for the uh, for furniture market. So it's one of the two largest shows of the year. The other one being High Point Market, and it's uh, it's basically all of the major furniture vendors who are and we do accessories for vendors, so like mirrors, rugs, lighting, art, that kind of thing. So um, so it's. I basically got to walk around shows and exhibit our stuff and just looking at furniture all day, every day. So it was, it was cool on that front, seeing what's going on. Amazing to see how certain things are still the same, like slab tables are still very much in, live edge is still very much in, in the, in the mainstream. And like, I kind of thought that stuff was on its way out just because we're seeing less and less videos of it on YouTube, but it's still very much <laughs> in the main. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're more at the forefront, right? But. Yeah. That's still in the mainstream. Like that stuff is now, finally. Is this the same stuff. event that um, Izzy is sometimes involved in? It seems like a year or so ago he was talking about he had some of his designs that were being shown off in Vegas at a really big conference thing. I don't think so. It'd be really cool to see him there, but I'm not sure that's yeah. what he goes to. I'll reach out to him and ask, or whatever. Yeah. Izzy, send me a send me a message. I'd be hey, curious to hear. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that that was uh, interesting for you to see. I mean, so you didn't see anything new that was like. Like I guess we're on the cutting edge, like very we're much not... so. Okay, it's not the other way around. It's us that comes up with the ideas, then mainstream adopts it, yeah, makes it cheaper, gets it out to the masses, etc. Makes it like, out of particle board, and then. Well, it's it's. I mean, it's like live edge, right? Except that you look at the rings and you realize that, of course, it's not live edge. That just the outer inch has been transformed, yeah, and then bleached to look like sapwood or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's. It's it's just nonsense, right? Well, but it looks. Let, cool. let me be the first one to tell uh, the mainstream. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're trendsetters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, not me, because yeah. I've never ever done Live Edge, but we, as in a maker community, I've only done a couple. What we were talking about, Izzy at the show. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Uh, basically, your your time in Vegas, um, uh, a lot of work. It sounds like I'm sure you didn't get much sleep, and you had a lot of things to take care of, huh? Yeah, well, I had a ton. So you you know you get to the show at eight in the morning, and then you get back to your hotel at like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and you're battling with a time change, which is like three hours behind. So at night you're exhausted, and in the morning you wake up too early. So, so I think it's, it's the way it is anyway. When people are there just to gamble, so you didn't really miss out on nothing. You saved some money. You made money. Yeah, you're maybe welcome. So. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. I yeah, you beat it. you beat Vegas. You yes. beat you beat <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> I do it twice a year. <laughs> so that was fun. And then I got back to a, a few Etsy orders and I guess we'll just gloss over that. And I want to do a video on making these uh, melamine cubbies for my, uh, for my kids. My wife's been hammering me about that. So I got to get, uh, I got to get on that. Right on. Yeah. Where'd you get the hammer that she uses? Um, I got it from Richard at Garage Guy Pens. Nice. Oh, the mallet. The mallet. Yeah. It's very large. Thor-esque. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I have you? a Harju Thoresque mallet. Oh, do you really? That's nice. I, do. That's nice. I have yeah, a, I have a garage guys, and then I, Vance has a garage guy too. A Vance size Thor mallet, which is really oh, cool. that's cute. It's really that's cute. very cool. And yeah. Bill went to go get his. All right. Oh that's yeah, and cool. we we should while well, Bill is getting his hammer to show us because that's so important to the audio recording we're making. Um, very nice, Bill. <laughs> we, we will apologize that yeah because phil was in las vegas that's why our podcast is launching a, a little late this week and uh richard of garage guy pens actually actually wrote me this morning he's like hey is everybody okay because <laughs> the podcast wasn't there so well, that was uh, very nice of him yeah so uh yes we're okay we're recording it now we're gonna try and do it post it tonight and uh 
be back up. Well, on you both, track. you guys both said Richard Garage Guy Pens, and I want to say Richard Garage Guy Pens because I love him and and his wife. You should go ahead and try to do that. I, I no, just did. Next time, we'll just do it next time. Okay, I snuck that in there, so you don't even know how good I am. It's, that's how good I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's dive right into our topic, and um, I am going to let uh, Bill do it this time because I think you've got more insight into it. Yeah, well, um, first I want to give Nick a shout-out. I know you're listening. And um, Nick is elected to do something that we encourage everybody, and he uh, emailed us and gave us some feedback. And um, one of the things we noticed is that Nick has only been listening for a few months, and he's sort of new. So one of the things we want to do is reintroduce ourselves every now and again. I'd like to maybe start that now. and then. Um, but the topic is going to be um, uh, a question that he had or something that we haven't really talked about, we might have skirted around, but I'm going to talk about upcycling, repurposing shop tools, buy new, buy used, make your own. What you know? What can we do in the shop to uh, be inclusive of the upcycle, recycle, reclaim thing that we do? Um, but let me start this whole uh, uh, reintroducing. I'm Bill Lutz, and uh, because of Tim Sway, I uh, do a podcast with Phil Pinsky, and I've been making things my whole life. I've been using my hands, and uh, I have a small YouTube channel, and um, that's about it. But I love to recycle and repurpose, and um, that's me. Don't don't blame me for you. <laughs> no, it's your fault. I I have I have letters that say that I love you. It's Tim's fault. <laughs> I'd like to uh, verify the authenticity of those letters. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not true, but um, yeah, but that that was something that we consciously made a decision to do more often for newer listeners as they join in is to introduce ourselves and explain why we're here. Actually, talking about making with reclaimed materials and whatnot, and uh, just so everybody kind of knows who we are. So. Uh, we forgot to do that for a while. We're doing it right now. My name is Tim Sway, and I am a, a professional full-time – well, not professional. But <laughs> I'm a full-time yeah. maker of things. Um, you know, Generally speaking, it's furniture, sometimes some other stuff. And I've also been making uh, content creation, or I like to call it outreach, um, a part of my job. And by outreach, I mean I have a YouTube channel and other social media things where I, I post videos and, and talk about – what I do, especially promoting the concept of uh, being environmentally conscious while we do it, hence the podcast. Uh, that's where I'm at now. I've, I'm at, you know, kind of been doing a little bit more of that lately than than I had in the past, and uh, really enjoying it because instead of just trying to save the the one pallet that's like on my street that I can pick up and save, I thought it might be kind of cool to spread the word and get other people to do the same thing. And Phil, how about you? Oh. Uh, as Tim so eloquently put it, my name is Phil. Um, I am a part-time amateur maker. Uh, I have a full-time day job, which I sort of spoke about earlier. But um, in my garage, in my shop, I do quite a bit of stuff for Etsy. Um, I have found a little bit of success on there doing things like whiskey boxes and step stools. Whiskey boxes for adults, step stools for kids. And um, and I make some stuff on YouTube, uh, mostly shop projects, and um, and I do my best to use reclaimed. Go ahead. Are you sure the kids couldn't use the step stool to reach the cabinet where the whiskey box is? I've never done the math, but if there were some precocious children, I bet they could. I'm just I'm just saying. What, what about I don't know what, what about, the liability laws are in Canada where you live, but we have none. It's the wild. Oh, North. You're, you're fine. I, I'm just thinking though, if depending upon the amount of whiskey that you do. 
It depends upon how many steps you can take. Tim, translation, please. I think what he said was, please continue, Phil. We're sorry we interrupted. All right. No problem. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I got a YouTube channel. I think I'm a little under 4,000 subscribers at this oh, point. Wow. I'd love to grow it. Yeah, it's, um, it's doing all right. And um, But it needs more content, so I have to do more videos. Next one will be, um, I think I mentioned earlier, I've got to do these, uh, these melamine uh, cubbies for my kids that my wife wants me to do. And I think it'll make a great video. It's got some interesting things that I'll... Put in there about how to do dados and you know and grooves and stuff. Yeah, I, I I I just recently and I think it was the first time I've ever worked with melamine because you know we're like the reclaim guys, so that's kind of uh, the enemy. You know, like mm-hmm. buying that new material and it's kind of horrible stuff. Um, not that I'm you know ragging on the you. project you're about to, but no, but I, I had to buy some. And because um, it's a long story, my, my father-in-law needed me to replace a couple cabinet doors in a, in a kitchen. And uh, so it actually made more sense to me because otherwise it was like you're replacing the whole cabinet, you know. So right. the, the green thing to do was to buy melamine to make it match and, and to cut these doors out. And uh, you had to do the edge banding and stuff. And it was an interesting learning experience. Like I felt like I got a better – because I've done the edge banding on plywood before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like I got a better understanding of uh, – the the product but uh so but what i wanted to tell you was i wanted to warn you like like you know they you, you obviously you tape it before you run into the saw when you're cutting it and whatnot to keep mm-hmm. the chip out as much as possible but get a like a, a brand new blade um because it's just that stuff just loves to chip well what i did was um i cheated a little and i got instead of getting a full four by eight sheet i got four uh what is it? Twelve inch, four twelve inch sheets that oh. were already edge banded on three sides, and it was actually the same price as getting one full four by eight sheet. And wow. I got some edge banding because I'll end up having to do one mm. side. But um, I've got a forty tooth seven and a quarter inch blade, so it's probably going to be my best bet for a finishing. But I will do the tape thing. But that's it's probably the best thing. Forty to do. tooth is pretty uh, pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty heavy. I go for a sixty tooth if you have one. Well, not at seven and a quarter inch. Oh, oh, seven and a quarter. So, so you're going to put the little oh. blade in your. And the other thing yeah. is, do it. Don't do it all at once. Do it in two passes. So if the if it's a half inch thick material, do you know a quarter inch um, or you know on one pass and a quarter inch on the other pass. So because hmm. it's when you when you try to cut through both surfaces at the same time, I think it's the top surface is the one that's going to get totally wrecked. So if you're just only cutting that bottom surface that's against your table, then you flip it over. You're up against the fence, so it's going to line up perfect. It's all smooth. And you cut hmm, the other side at the same time. That helps to chip out a lot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I just uh, just listening to you guys. Oh, you're making hand motions like. No, like, no I like didn't do this. I went like this. But you know, I was going to point out this is kind of neat that we're reintroducing ourselves because it's it's kind of showing that we three have um, three different approaches to reclaiming. And um, I. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say Phil, maybe you're you're the the newest to reclaiming stuff, and you're um, enjoying the journey. I've probably been reclaiming the longest, but it was much more because I thought it was cool, as opposed to I'm now learning uh, the benefit of actually my footprint that I'm leaving to reclaiming. And Tim, I would say uh, you're the guru. You you are living the life of trying to minimize your impact. And it's the three different uh, perspectives that we share that make this podcast somewhat interesting. Yeah, but 
but I, I, I do want to... Is what we're telling the listener. <laughs> is, <laughs> is what we say while we wave the watch in front of your eyes. <laughs> um, I will point out, though, that I, I did start down this path uh, because uh, it was out of uh, financial necessity and being like a cheapskate and being like... And, I, you know, that was what got me really thinking about, you know, I couldn't afford to buy something nice. So I would find... But I would find something on the side of the road and I would make it nice, you know? Um, and that was actually what got me. So, and then I started like realizing that we, the, the, the throwaway culture part of it and the, and the waste and starting to think about things bigger than me. And that's mm-hmm. how I've gotten to where I'm at now. So it didn't start because I didn't like, just like, I wasn't just born like an environmentalist, you know, like, uh, no, that no, just sort of no. came no. from you watching. You were spawned. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Similarly, I, a happy I, accident. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm the newest to making, let alone making with reclaimed, but, um, I also sort of started maybe with a little bit more frugality in mind. Like I, you know, I had access to pallets and I was like, hmm, maybe I can make some stuff out of this and I don't really want to spend money on wood. So let's see what happens. And then, and then as I got more into it, you know, I started watching more videos and, and speaking to guys like Tim and I was like, oh, maybe this, well, it's, this it, is very cool. It seems like an important thing to mention because, you know, there is this, uh, you know, when you start talking about environmental issues, there is this political division that sometimes happens around that. And mm-hmm. uh, without getting into that, if you can make stuff out of trash and make money off of it, it's just a sound business decision. If yeah. you're, if you're, if the, your cost of your product is lower, you know, you're, it, it, never mind the environmental side. That's, that's how I came to it. It was, it was just being shrewd, you know? Yeah. For um, me, it was very much a pragmatic decision. Yeah. And it's also a learning experience, too. It was like, well, I, I want to learn how to make stuff. I could go spend a thousand dollars at the box store and make stuff, or I can go get a bunch of free stuff and make stuff. And then if I mess up, it's not as bad, you know, like feeling, you know, it's not like this financial burden. So, like, you know, while our, and Phil and I, when, before we, let Bill join the podcast and we were discussing what this podcast was about. We did discuss that. That it's not just about environmental issues. It's about just making from reclaimed materials, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I do remember having that conversation without Bill. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was a great conversation without Bill that day. <sighs> that was probably one of the best ones we've had. Remember how good that conversation was? Just flowed, you know? So, anyway, so I think, so, <laughs> so I, I think what the, what the real goal of our podcast is, is to, allow as many people as possible to hear me <laughs> so well without is what but, he legitimately um, believes let me just get us into our topic you know yeah get i, I will do that but real quick i do want to say one thing i've enjoyed the most about this podcast other than and i'm not joking now other than getting to know and calling both of you my best friends one of the things i've really enjoyed is the amount of people that we've heard from or i've heard from that have said hey i I made my first reclaimed thing, you know, and that's really cool. And if that's, if that's the only thing we accomplish is just getting people to try something that's not harmful to the planet, that saves them a few bucks, that makes some really cool stuff and turns them on to making period. I'm good with that. I really am. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Word. So, so anyway, so that's the topic. Um, I recently, I recently bought a lathe and I bought it new. And there was a couple of reasons for that. One, um, uh, I didn't. I, it was a spur of the moment buy, and I didn't have a lot of time to do any research to try and find a used one, which I would love to have found a good price on a much bigger one that was used. There weren't any available, but I went to the cheap store. We talked about this, and I spent. I bought new, a very inexpensive lathe, 
And sometimes I have to do that. We have to buy new tools. But there's also been times when I've needed a tool and I've turned one of my tools into something different. Um, for an example, well, Tim, go ahead. I was going to say, please explain. Uh, for example, <laughs> I had a an angle grinder that I actually saved. So it was cheap, but uh, it worked okay. Um, but I saved it out of the trash. I had a broken cord on it, I think is why it got thrown away. And I fixed that fairly easily. But it was a cheap angle grinder. And I didn't have a bench grinder at the time. And so I made a little frame that I attached to that. And I think you can see it in uh, one of my videos. But either way, I made this little frame out of uh, um, scavenged pieces of metal that you just slap it in a vise and now it holds that angle grinder for you and I use it like it's a bench grinder. That's an example of turning something into a tool that I didn't have with the tool that I did have. And that's one aspect of this. Hmm. So you guys have any um, used tools that you bought? Phil, I know you've, you've gotten a good deal on a few used tools. I think almost every single one of my tools is used. My circular saw I bought new like 15 years ago. And I you think were they're gifted just... an angle grinder, I believe, right? Or a router. A router, yes, router. I was. You're right. That DeWalt, I, I was gifted that DeWalt. So that was uh, that was sent over to me by a by an awesome awesome fan. Um, yeah, but all three table saws that I've had have been have been used, and I sort of just sort of traded them up as I went along. Um, one of the one of the more interesting uh, rescues, and I didn't do it by myself, but I had some help, was a um, a bench grinder. So when I when I worked at my last job. It was a machine shop, and one day was like garbage day, and they were throwing out a whole bunch of stuff, and they were throwing away like looked like an old, like a really old Baldor uh, bench grinder, and and I was like, hey, what's wrong with this? Can I take it? They're like, yeah, but only one side has a wheel on it, the other side is nothing. Because <laughs> that's like, so hard to put a wheel on the other side. <laughs> it's broken. Throw it away. <laughs> it was yeah. So whatever. Because like bench grinders are sixty bucks, but I knew even then that Baldor was a good name. So I was like, uh, that that probably was a little more. Sixty is like a craftsman. Baldors are probably double yeah, that couple. easy for. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why. But like, yeah. they're probably just going to replace it with some, you know, like a mastercraft or let's say Har- Harbor Freight for you guys. But right. um, so one side had a wheel and one side didn't, and next to it was a four-inch metal chuck. And I was like, hmm, could I combine these two tools and make some kind wow. of weirdo Frankenstein lathe? So I had one of the machinists actually uh, put that chuck onto that other side and drew it up, and I, I have it now. And uh, eventually I'm going to turn it into a real lathe, maybe with a tool rest or something wow. and a tailstock. I've talked That's about cool. this before. It's this Frankenstein tool. Maybe later mm. I'll take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. I'm just so picturing. Was, I'm just picturing you putting like a one and a half inch like like boring drill bit into it, holding a piece of wood in your hands and like pushing <laughs> it against it <laughs> with a running start. Yeah, holding it against the chest <laughs> from across the shop. Here comes Phil. That would legit work. I could make a big boring machine out of it, <laughs> but it would be exciting, not boring. <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I've got a few of those. Let's see. Did I rescue any other tools? I don't know. Somebody else go so I can think. Tim, did you rescue any tools? I only buy the newest, shiniest, and best tools money can buy. 
Oh, so Bill, do you have any more then? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I have a I have a couple of neat ones. Um, I took uh, uh, out of the garbage. Uh, um, have you ever seen a hand truck or dolly, whatever you call it? Yeah, you yeah. can either use it as the dolly or you can lay it down. It's like a cart. Yep. Yeah. Found an old one of those, um, and I turned. It, I took the the L. Somebody had made this thing, and it had uh, some diamond plate at a ninety degree angle for the lip of the dolly. You know where you would scoop things up with. So I took that off took the cart aspect of it and that's what i made my welding cart my welding cart and my plasma cutter sit on that mm. then i took that that angled um uh diamond plate which is pretty thick steel and i welded a vice an old vice to it so now i can clamp that to my bench when i need a vice either at an at like to the side so the vice is like sitting on its side basically and i Again, in my videos, you can see some of these things. I've seen that, um, yeah. Yeah, it's one of my mount, favorite mods can, of yours. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Or I can flip it over the other way, and it's just a vice on top of my bench. So it's it's neat to have it be like multi-purpose positioning of this vice to switch it around. And I got two. I got a twofer. I got a cart and a mountable vicey thingy thing. You should patent yes. that. Yeah. Twofer. Two no, mounty vicey thing. Yeah. Oh, mounty vicey thing. That's definitely the name, too. The MVT. <laughs> uh, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll give a, a little bit more of a serious answer this time, but uh, most, most of my tools are used. And uh, that's uh, like my latest uh, acquisition is actually Jimmy Duressa's old table saw, which has his name written all over it. And people keep saying, why, is, why do you have Duressa's name all over your table saw? <laughs> that's why. But, um, you know, uh, I've... I have some new tools as well that I've bought over the years because I've needed them for specific jobs. And I have some tools that I've been given, uh, from tool companies, but I particularly like old tools. And I hit the, in my part of the world, there's a lot of flea markets and, you know, Craigslist, of course, uh, every once in a while I'll get a phone call from like someone who's like, Oh, you know, my, my grandfather's going to a home and he has all these tools. Are you interested? And so I end up getting a lot of stuff like that way. I can kind of help. And a lot of times I, I, I sort of give them out and, uh, and, and spread them about, but I want to tell my favorite, uh, tool story of my favorite old tools and they're like some of my favorite tools in my shop my neighbor across the street is a uh, Finnish carpenter uh, or you know a carpenter and uh, so he had a um, his father-in-law gave him this old like and it's the one I use my lathe uh, you know big old delta lathe a delta scroll saw huge it's like a 24 inch throat scroll saw and a wow. uh, uh, walker turner drill press like a like a tabletop mount uh, and it's so old he, school Old school, yeah, you know, and so uh, I didn't have a lathe or a scroll saw. I had a drill press, but this one's like, you know, way better than mine. And uh, and so he's like, hey, do you want these? But at the time, I was still working in my one-car garage workshop, and my driveway was a disaster. And, you know, my wife couldn't park her car, and, and I just didn't have the room. And I, I was like, I'd love to take those. I, I, I just don't have the room. And then a few months later, he's selling his 5 by 8 trailer that he has for his contracting business. So I see him out there. He's cleaning his trailer out, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're selling your trailer? And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't really use it anymore, so I'm going to sell it. And I said, jokingly, well, if I had that trailer, I could I could use it as storage, free up a lot of space in my garage, and take those tools off your hands. And he says, $400, they're all yours. And wow. I said, wow. I said, let me double check with my wife real quick. I ran across the street. I'm like, honey, do we have $400? You know, and dug out 400 bucks, gave it to him, brought the trailer over my driveway 
brought the tools over to my garage, made that, and you can see in some of my older videos and whatnot, you'll see this trailer. I used to store all my wood in it and stuff. Um, and so I got all that 400 bucks. When I moved into, a couple years later, I moved into my shop that I'm in now, and I no longer near the trailer. I had the space. So I put the trailer at the end of my driveway with a for sale sign for 400 bucks, sold the trailer. Tools are free. Brilliant. Good for you. And my neighbor Love was like, that. totally cool with it. He's like, oh, you should ask for more for the trailer. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I was seeing that too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just like, you know, if you're, if you're patient and you put yourself in the position, you know, sometimes these types of things can happen. You know, patience is, is tough sometimes. You like want the newest and the best tool. But if you spend a month watching the for sale signs and talking to people, you might just get it for free. And the old ones are always better. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I have. Mean, uh, uh, go ahead, Phil. I was just going to say, like, so, you know, to build on that point, you know, if there's a tool that you're looking for uh, and you don't know what you should be paying for it unused, like, don't buy it. Wait on Craigslist, monitor those listings, mm. see what the highs and lows are for it, and then buy it when you see a low one that's close to you. Like, even if you look at, like, markets around you, like, just understand what it should go for used. Like, um, I actually have been wanting a workshop for a while, and they're, like, two or 300 bucks. Yeah. I found one, like, that just came out today. I think there's an estate sale or somebody passed away or something. They're selling one for 100 bucks. I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Nice. Like, oh, a what? Workshop works- 3000 yeah, it's like a sharpening system. Oh, so instead of having to use is it my the flat disc that spins, that oh, yes. yeah, those look nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just the problem is, is right now my um, I have these uh, these water stones and they're starting to dip and wave and stuff. So I would need some way to flatten them, and I know I could do the sandpaper thing on MDF or melamine or whatever, mm. but I'd have to spend money eventually on a diamond plate or something like that. I have a, I have a great solution for that uh, that goes along with this topic is that I went to the local granite guy. Yeah. And, and he has a pile of pieces of cutoffs that he said, help yourself. And I have two pieces of granite. They're about four inches wide by 18 inches long. And I, I hot or I spray glue sandpaper onto them. They're perfectly flat. I, yeah, I've seen when that. When they wear um, out, go back to the granite guy. Get another one. Well, the granite's never going to wear out, but the sandpaper certainly might. Well, no, you, you peel the sandpaper up every couple of days. Really. Yeah, but, the granite's never yeah. going to wear out. Yeah. But what's his name? Um, Shop Built is a YouTube channel, and he just showed that system, and he did it with tempered glass. And, and I've seen that before, but it lands up being really, really expensive because you can't use the sandpaper that often. But I'm well, looking for super easy. Yeah, and the sandpaper is cheap, though. Well, not when you have to get the finer grits. I don't, what, are you, what, are you, what are you honing or polishing to? If you're going oh, to hone it to the... 40, 60 if I'm really, really want to be I was going to say, I'm just, I'm confused about the whole sharpening idea. This is wonderful because I usually just throw out anything that gets dull and buy a new one. So. But that's, He's kidding. That's the whole spirit of the podcast, yeah. No, but if you take a look at well, when you want to get no into good. the... Chuck. No, when you get into the thousand grit sandpapers, they, they get more expensive and they wear out very quickly. Yeah, they, the wet dry stuff. Yeah, but they do last a little bit longer and... um yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, they do clog up pretty quick, but you know, there are tricks to you know how to how to clean them with a uh, that rubber, whatever that plastic abrasive. It, uh, I use. <laughs> here's another one. Hey, we're on a good topic. Um, yeah. I use. I have. Um, uh, I use plastic shopping bags. HDPE shopping bags. Yeah. All this horrible, the worst thing that ever happened to our planet. And I have them all shoved into a uh, a plastic jar. It was like a you sold like Parmesan cheese or something. I don't know. And I, it's easier. It's better on the power sanders, like the ones that spin and rotate and stuff. But I just, yeah. I take HDPE plastic and I, I just have a big wad of it and I just hold it up against the blade while it spins for a minute and cleans it right up. 
Huh. I'll know that for my belt sander. That's yeah, good. yeah. It's great for your belt sander. It's a little bit harder on the the static ones. Where you have to move your hand back and forth. It's tough to get the the speed up. Yeah, but uh, but it it it. What can... if you boil a bunch of those bags and then and then press them into a mold? That way, it's like a hard plastic. Well, you could do that. You could grab a laundry, just like grab a laundry jug and just hold it up against your thing. I'll do it too. Remember Izzy Swan had a video huh. where he That's took a shoe sole and he just put a shoe against it. Yeah. Yeah, huh. like a rubber shoe sole. The best tip that's happened so far. Okay, I'm gonna remember that one. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so 100 bucks, and I'm getting this thing. So nice. Yeah, but isn't that, that, that is, is, nice is it a buy. stone or is it sandpaper? It's, it's sandpaper, but uh, so aren't for you some still reason, changing sandpaper. No, they last a lot longer for some reason. I don't even know why. Well, but, you know, I was, as far as buying cheap sandpaper, go to the auto stores too because you can get the higher grits. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually wet, dry, and they're cheap. Yeah, yeah, I'll check that out. But nothing's cheap in Canada. That's the problem. Well, I got a spare bedroom, baby. Come on down. <laughs> Dibs. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to look into the shipping. I mean, I, I could go and buy sandpaper and sh- ship you a box up. No, I'll get out of here. Okay, you know. move on. Who's Who's got something else? Well, I have this is this is you were talking about a Frankenstein thing. I have a um, my drill press, my big dr- drill press is um was a craftsman uh i don't know what size it was it was just big you know older craftsman drill press but the inside i had to weld the inside pulley where you change the speeds with the belts because Mm -hmm. it had stripped off of the actual spindle where the chuck is and it that broke the weld a couple of times on it so it's i mean it just it wouldn't stand up to, to too hard to use well lo and behold later on i found a guy that was getting rid of a jet drill press the same size because his stand it was the stand was broken so basically i took that i took the jet top off wrestled it up on top of my craftsman stand that worked just fine so now i've got this old craftsman headpiece that i don't know what i'm going to do with that and it works i just got to figure out what to do with it but now i have a jet craftsman standing drill press sweet yeah that's cool so it's a jetsman it's a, or a craftette. <laughs> I think a, I like Tim better. <laughs> he crevice. was he was stuck with the the bad half of that joke. So <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, no, that's really cool to do. You can it, make a lathe out of it. That's what I was thinking. I was I thinking that. about your Baldor with the. That's what I was thinking about too. Your Baldor with the drill. All tool. roads lead to lathe. And I also well, have I mean, an old used Baldor grinder too. By the way. But if oh, you think of, you if you think about it, all the tools in your shop are are a spinning motor, pretty right? much, or they're powered by your arm, which is reciprocating. You know, because uh, even the reciprocating tools are spinning powered motors that right. are, have a cog or whatever the heck you call that. You've got um, an eccentric um, axle. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so if you have something that has a motor that spins, you can, in essence, turn it into just about anything. Uh, obviously, there's different speeds that they spin that would affect that, but. Like like planers, for instance, like you know, like one of the things Bill was talking about was taking your little hand power planer and turning it into like a, a jointer, basically. I have you know my I've been working on this for a while. Um, Dominic Bender, uh, mm-hmm. Dominic's Woodworks, he had sent me a link to an Instructables where a guy had taken one of those three and a quarter inch handheld electric planers and turned it into a plastic chipper for when he was three D printing, and. Um, he would mess up. He would shove his. So it's almost like uh, if you picture like a, what's it called? A mandolin that the cooks use to make French fries. 
It's like that. Mm-hmm. I, I made the thing a while ago, but what I found was that all the HDPE plastic, I have like the milk jugs and stuff, which is what I want to chip. It's too thin. And so it gets stuck underneath the plate that I built. And so if I put a plexiglass top on it so you can watch it happen, everything is so cool. I haven't done anything with it yet because it's not working right, but it's the, the, the concept is awesome. But you can also do the same thing with that if you're not into chipping up plastic to set it flat um, and make a, a jointer out of it, you know, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of a better use for one of those than by hand in my opinion. Yeah, unless I, – I, the only thing I could think of, because I have one I bought at a garage sale, cheap Ryobi – I mean, it's just, who knows? But the only thing I can think of, because I've used it, I've used it to strip paint. I've not used it to plain anything. I've used it to strip paint off of old things. It works really well for Mm. taking layers of that off on flat surfaces. Um, But maybe if you're a a carpenter, I guess maybe uh, straightening doors, you know, because they're thin enough to where you can actually get one pass, one use, and it would do. I don't know what the heck you would do with that thing as a planer. It's just, it's so thin. Well, I think that is. I think you found the use for it. I see those used those used Makita, um, yeah, hand planers all the time, and I'm pretty sure that's what they're for for like leveling doors. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. But turning it into a a joint or a small jointer, I've seen. I know. Uh, it's short though. Uh, Christiana Filgaris has one that she uses. Yeah, yeah, you got to build a box around it, but yeah. you turn it upside down, and now you've got a jointer that's it's still good for you know three inches wide. Yeah. Yes. But then we talked about this before, like the time value trade-off. Like you could buy one of those like old six-inch desktop planers for like fifty bucks. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like so, how much? I mean, as I'm mean, sure it would make a cool video, and a bunch of people have made really cool videos out of it. But as a practical tool, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I use my table saw for jointing anyway. Yeah, so yeah, and you can make a sled for like eight bucks with a couple of yeah. toggle clamps. Not even. Not to put down anybody that likes using a joint. Here we go. Here we go. You're gonna. And I saw that David Picciuto gave you a shout out for your uh, for your shelf paper uh, sled. <laughs> yeah, all you need is say. Well, because I mean, my first my first push block was a block. It was a piece of two by four that I glued a piece of sandpaper to, right? And I yeah. had a, and that was what I would use on my router tail. I don't even know why the heck I made it, but um, because I didn't even know they I didn't even know they made those out of plastic with the rubber grips on them. I. I was clueless. I was like, I need something to hold this that's not going to cut me, <laughs> you know? So I was like, well, sandpaper doesn't slip. And then obviously shelf paper we use when we sand and stuff. And so I had the idea, yeah, I put shelf paper, you know, that, that rubbery stuff that you would get in uh, to put in your kitchen cabinet drawers so your silverware doesn't slide around. And you just put that on a piece of wood and you make that your your sled to push stuff through your table saw. So now you can hold it at whatever angle you want on that safely. And uh, you don't have to worry about clamps or, or fences or anything. You just slide it right through as long as that the, the board itself is against the fence. And that will, uh, you know, you can do all sorts of tapers and stuff. And it works great. You don't have to spend a million dollars to buy all those fancy clamps. So there's another shop hack that we just sort of accidentally stumbled upon. No, it's been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it has. But, but sometimes we need to, you know, so is the wheel. And every once in a while we need to be reminded, like, oh, yeah, I don't have to push that. I can use a hand cart, you know. Well, let me be an advocate for the opposite side here and, and say that there are times when you buy new. There just are. So if you're going to do that, a way to save money um, is because my table saw and my – well, the only thing I bought new I didn't save any money is my, my planer, my big DeWalt planer. That, they don't discount that to buy it new. But anyway, um, my table saw, I bought it as well as my bandsaw, my 14-inch bandsaw. I bought them as returns or open box. Mm, yeah. 
and for you know, I bought a big rigid um, a hybrid table saw for like two hundred ninety bucks, and about two twenty five I paid for a fourteen inch bandsaw. Wow, so technically that's they're new. Yeah, I mean they were new. They were just returns. Somebody either the box was damaged when they got shipped or floor model. I don't care. I, I mean that's a great way to buy if you have to save money, which is we all do, and you have to buy new. I still wish I would have found something older and good enough shape, but there are times when you start looking at some of these old tools, especially where I live, they're more than new because mm. they were better and people know that. So the value of them is like an old, you try and find an old 14 inch uh, bandsaw, like a good one, an old Delta or something, and they want like six, seven hundred bucks for them. Yeah, I see that all the time. I actually got a steel on my okay bandsaw, I got one of the 14 inch rigids. Yeah. And uh, so that one was actually a bit of a fixer upper. The guys who were using it, it was a shop, and they had no idea what they were doing. I remember when I first got it, we were talking about it. Mm, the guy yeah. told me that he got a threaded rod to, to tension it instead of what came with it, and he said it was like a manufacturer defect. But what I noticed was that like it was the wrong threads, and he needed like vice locks to turn it. I was like, what the hell are you doing? So Because he, <laughs> he included the original knob and threaded right. rod that goes with it to tension the, the upper wheel, and I just recut the threads on it, and then it worked beautifully. So, so he, he was, stripped out the original threads is all he did. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, the defect. Factory yeah, defect. The threads are stripped. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what are you doing? And then there wasn't a throat plate, so I had to make one of those. And I had to buy a quality blade, which it didn't come with. So it finally works properly now. I'm going to do a couple of other alterca- uh, alterations to it, like uh, an MDF uh, mounting plate underneath to get it to stop shaking as much. That's some advice that I've seen. I think last episode underneath I, uh, where between the stand and the saw itself. So it mounts to a metal stand, but because of that, and there's like some rubber grommets. Oh, your thing vibrates and shakes. Yeah, the, so you're yeah, supposed the, to the, take the grommets off, and you're supposed to put down a mounting plate to make it more rigid. Right, uh, right. Mine's on intended. Mine's on a box. Like, so it doesn't do that. Yeah. It's like, I, I might do that going forward, but temporarily I have a, I have like came, a scrap piece of MDF and yeah. I'll just do that. Um, it was a guy, a dad and his kids was a channel that I recommended last week. And he did this whole thing on this exact saw and he said that it works better. So I'll give that a shot. Literally will cost me nothing. Mm. And, uh, but that one was a good rescue. That was 180 bucks. I picked that up for Canadian. So that's like 145 us. Wow. So it felt really good about that oh, one. That is good. Yeah. I have the um, the fourteen inch jet, which is a, a pretty standard one, and uh, I got That's it a off. Damn good one! I got it off Craigslist. Uh, it was brand new, in the plastic still, but out of the box. The guy bought it five years ago, brought it into his basement where he's going to build this workshop and change the world. Never even set it up. It was still in oh, two. Wow. It was still the cabinet. Crazy. It was the cabinet in the top, right? And this is again yeah. what I'm talking about with patience. Like I wanted a bandsaw. I didn't have a bandsaw. I had, well, I had one of those little. Uh, Home Depot jobby 13-inch Ryobi before I knew Yeah, I know better. what you're talking about. Ugh, don't ever buy one. I have one at work. I played with it for two <clears throat> seconds. I was like, this is why I waited for a 14 Yeah, if, some, if someone offers, like, I would I would offer to give it to you, but you don't want it. <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. Listener, if you want it, like, no, you don't. But, um, but yeah, so but so I was searching Craigslist, and I found this. And, uh, yeah, the guy, he, he bought it, never put it together. It was still in like he saw that grease on it, still had it in the plastic bag, all the Amazing. all the instructions shoved in, and he had it sitting on the floor of his basement. It got a little water damage, so there's a little bit of rust in the bottom corner. So it was four hundred bucks now instead of eight hundred. 
know? Wow. Yeah. That's that's a score and a half. That's, I consider yeah. that a better deal than I got, that's for sure. That's that's like a touchdown. I had, to, I had to assemble it, though. Yours is already assembled. Except for it was assembled wrong and cross-threaded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had to get it in my car in the rain. But yeah. and these guys were like out there smoking cigarettes, watching me struggle to lift yeah, this 300-pound beast into my car by myself. Hey, yeah. I assembled my, my bandsaw and my table saw by myself. It's That's a not a easy thing to do. No. Yeah, and I'm geez, not a big yeah. guy, so <laughs> that was a tough go for me. Well, Dave uh, Dave Gagne from Elm City Vintage and I, we went to, to New York to pick up the table saw from Jimmy and and we, we got it and Bill of Olsey was there and you know and stuff and we got it into the truck and we're trying to be as like you know, not inconvenience Jimmy as much as possible and and uh and we, we get the thing home and then Dave you know, and Dave and I get it off his truck into my shop, which is easy because there's no steps, you know, it's a garage door and but then it took me a yeah. while before I got the power line run to it and stuff. And so I, I, and I had to, I had to build a stand for it to raise it up to the right height. Cause I have all my tables up kind of high. And, and, uh, so Dave was like, yeah, if you need a hand, let me know if you need a hand, but I'll, I'll I got it myself. I don't need a hand, you know, and I did uh-huh. it, you know, but it was all like, cause I always, I always have this mentality of that. Like if they could build the pyramids, you know, thousands of years ago, I can get this damn table saw together. <laughs> it's like, you know, myself, like I always figured there's a way to do it by using my brain and not my brawn. And so I had carts and wheels and very slowly like tilting things up. And, oh, put a board under here, put a board under here. And I got that top over there. That stuff is heavy, man. It's yeah. I don't know if you heavy. read the Bible, but um, there was more than one of them who built the pyramids. Mm, agree to disagree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just that one guy. It was just that, that one guy, it's Pharaoh that, something. Pharaoh Ramsey. Yeah, what Pharaoh, was his name? what's his name? Steve Ramsey. Oh, that was his name. Steve yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, Steve Ramsey built the pyramid. Hello. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, none of that's true uh no no well (laughs) the last part might be but and then one other thing uh because of this topic i was inspired i had put this video together a few weeks ago and i've been sitting on it but i'm going to release it this weekend i have a video of a tool hack i did from one of the other tools i got from from mr duresta and it was uh uh, one of those little kind of hundred dollar scroll saws that you put on a like a tabletop scroll saw and it's like it's not worth shipping jimmy gave them to me to try to give them away he had two of them and i gave one away and the other one i didn't have any local people that were interested in it. So I modified it and uh, I have a video about that, a little hack where I turned a scroll saw into basically a die filer, which I, it's the video. Spoilers. Well, the video is like 10 minutes long. It's in the right in the title of the video, but the video yeah, don't like, watch my video. It's too long. And I'll just tell you what I did. Real it's quick. like 10 It'll minutes long for a 30 second <laughs> fix. So this one's really going to hit out of the park. I think <laughs> you're going to hate it. So don't yeah, watch I watched it, but... it. It was, it was pretty cool. And the, uh, the, the moral of the video is way better than the guy in it. So. Well, that's it, the moral advances in it. Vance makers in it. My son. So. Well, Vance is the moral, of which it. is why I wanted to, why I wanted to put the video out. Cause I just thought he was hilarious in it. <laughs> He's hilarious in all of them. That reminds well, me. So we, I, so have, we... I was going to say one more tool hack that I have, and this okay. one a lot of people do, but I picked up um, a Craftsman belt sander, one of those 3x21s. Mm-hmm. I got it for 25 bucks, which even nice. at the time I knew it was a great deal because it was yeah. one of the newer yeah. ones. It wasn't like... I have world. an old one that's the same size, and I paid like 5 bucks for it, but that still runs like a champ. Yeah, they're great. and But it's super powerful handheld. So I figured, you yep. know what's a good way to use this? So I built a tabletop for it. I put it on its side, and I use it as an edge sander. Mm. And uh, so just to, like, if I've got uh, the lid or the box that I'm building doesn't perfectly match up, I just push it up against that belt sander, and then it does. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say that you can do that with a lot of different sanders. In fact, behind me, you guys probably can't see it, but in my uh, bench vise, 
um, even my palm sander, I will put in the vice. Oh yeah, I do that sometimes. upside down. Yeah, and I use that. I think in my last video for the boxes, but it's an easy way when you have smaller items that you're trying to sand. You want to mm -hmm. use that palm sander. You put a vice on just about uh, any sander that and, you have, and you know, or, the, or grinder for that matter. Yeah, I do that with the grinder sometimes with metal, like little metal bits that you want to try and grind, yeah. and be careful with that because that'll cut you. But with the palm sander, what's great about it is unlike the belt sander, like the big four by thirty six belt sander, if you touch your knuckles to that, you're going to be bleeding. But if you touch the palm sander, you're going to be all right. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. that's true. You know, well, depends what the grid is. Eh, well, yeah, yeah, it does. But it's like it's compared to like a belt sander. Like if you accidentally slip, oh, yeah. you got yeah, way a belt more time. Is going to react. let you know right now that you touched it. You have no time. Say, Hi to there, react. my name's yeah. Belt Sander. What's so, your name? It's like, your name's going to the first aid kit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right about that. I did take off a bit of my nail the first time I used it. Yeah, yeah, they're they don't a good amount actually. So, they don't take know, their the time. only thing I. The only thing we haven't really covered, so we've talked about buying used, we've talked about buying new, we've talked about turning tools we already have into other tools. So the one thing that we haven't talked about is um, is hand-me-downs and friends and family and relatives. I mean, if you're if you're interested in starting woodworking, hopefully you're interested in starting using Reclaim, um, see if your uncle or your brother or your mom or your sister or somebody has a few tools that you can borrow to see what you like and what you don't like. And if, you know, I mean... And oftentimes if people – and let everybody know that you're doing stuff and that you're making because oftentimes people will say, hey, I know you're, you've got a shop. You want to – here's a, my dad's old sander. Mm. This, nope. this just happened to me actually. Last week I got a call from my wife who says to me, uh, Brian, who is my father-in-law's best friend, is moving and he's got a whole bunch of stuff for you. But you have to oh. get there in the next hour because they're moving. I'm like, oh, okay. And it turned out to be lunchtime. So I went over there and it turned out to be like – I don't want to say a bunch of crap, but mostly like screws and like all kinds of stuff that a homeowner would, would have mm -hmm. for like the last 25 years. And not to say that I didn't take almost everything that he was offering, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't like what I dreamed that it was like, oh, maybe he's got like a 12 inch sliding compound miter saw. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> He had mason jars full of screws, but yeah. you know, all to say, Don't he had some interesting things. That, yeah. Yeah. So I added them to the arsenal. I won't have to buy screws for quite a while now. Um, but my point is, is that once you start making, friends and family will start knowing as you're the guy that makes. And anytime these opportunities come up, you know they'll call yeah. on you or you know offer it to you. And I'm sure that's happened to both you guys plenty. Yeah, and I feel oh, yeah. I feel bad when I have to say no because sometimes it's just like, oh, I have this this IKEA melamine desk that that's got water damage. Do you want it? And it's like, you know. No, Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, my, it's funny you say that. My father-in-law just messaged me today. He says, "Hey, I've got this file box that's made out of oak. If you want it, I'll save it for you." And I just had to tell him no because I really, I'm still, I've got a lot of stock here around the house. I don't need any more. But I'm not sure what that means—a file box, but it's made out of oak. Is that like MDF covered in oak paper? It's a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good I guess, guess a good way to know is to ask how old it is. No, no. I just, I, I politely said no, it's okay. Although he did give me, now check this out. Here's a, here's a fun one. He gave me his dad's original Dremel tool with the instructions. And cool. I swear this thing is from the 50s. Wow. And you can, 
you plug it in. I mean, it's almost scary to plug it in. It's got the original cord and everything. You plug it in and you can stop it with your fingers, you know. Oh my but God. But <laughs> it's neat that this thing still works and it's got some of the original bits that came with it. It's an wow. original Dremel. That's Old awesome. Sparky. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have a router from the 50s that's like, it looks like yeah. R2D2. And same thing. I could, <laughs> I, could, I could probably just stop it with my hand if I wanted to, you know, but I'm not going to try it. And I don't a recommend Dremel it. Dremel tool try and it. a router are different, yeah. Tim. Yeah, yeah. Don't. <laughs> but, uh, and like the bearings are shot and it makes all this noise, but I just feel so cool when I use it. <laughs> Don Draper's <laughs> router. You're already cool. All Sweet. right. That's, uh, I, I think we. We covered. I mean, I know there's so much more, and obviously, we always encourage participation. So please feel free to tweet at us at Reclaimed Audio or email us at info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com with your tool hacks and uh, yeah. other suggestions. And best acquisition stories. Yes. Just, yeah. Just point out, just make an effort, everybody. You can't always be the reclaimed guy. You can't always buy used. You can't always get the free stuff. If you have to buy new sometimes, that's fine, but but to to pay make penance for it, if you buy a new tool, use reclaim materials to use it with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So say we all. So say, so we, say all. we all. I'll just do your best. I think is the moral of the story, or that. Yeah. Whatever. It's all good. All right. What are we watching? Uh, let's stick with Bill as the first in this episode. What are you watching? Well, I'm watching because, and I've been watching him for a while now, and he's a member of our community. He's very supportive in the maker world. Uh, Sawblade Projects, and it's, I believe his name is pronounced Frank Sumandi. Oh, yeah. Yep. Did I say that right? Wow, that's I, great. I think so. Anyway, or neither one of us la- know any better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'll go with the first one that I said it right. And right. Frank, if I didn't, or Frank, if I didn't, uh, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he he made this, it's an, it's, I, I don't know, a sculpture of a vase, kind of thing out of bubinga and it's it's amazing it's not mm. a vase but it is a vase and i don't know how else to describe it you have to watch the video i, think the, I think the words you're looking for are a work of art it is a work of art seriously i mean it seriously it is so cool he's got a little over 800 subs and 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 for what he does i mean the guy's made a bunch he's a bunch at christmas time he did a bunch of like the 12 days of christmas he made a cute little gift for every day uh he made a pencil holder that looks like a pencil he does picture frames cutting boards all that good stuff check him out he makes a lot of cool projects but this last video he did the vase just blew me away the it's beautiful it literally is a beautiful thing to look at and it inspired me to to want to like shave a little bit to be more beautiful than I already am. Wow. I don't know, man. You don't you don't add another brushstroke to the Mona Lisa. You just you just leave <laughs> things the way they are. Ooh, I just got a hug and didn't know it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have the viewer off on my computer, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you do you. <laughs> me do me? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to uh in last week's making it podcast uh Mr. Dressa now that we haven't said his name or I haven't said his name like 30 times in this episode uh he mentioned a podcast called Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell and uh I know who Malcolm Gladwell is and I was like oh cool I, I like that guy he's the guy that coined the phrase 10,000 hours uh no He's not the guy that coined the phrase? No, he mentioned it in his book, but there's there's another guy who who coined it. Um, okay. He was on uh, he was on different bodies. Anyways, go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, but he's the guy. He had the book. The uh, he made it famous. It, yeah, he made it famous in the the concept of ten thousand hours. And yes, Bill. I just want to point out real quick that I'm not the one this time who interrupted you. I just want to point that I out. I didn't interrupt. 
Tim offered, you know, an opening, and I took it. I, I saw you waving your hands emphatically <laughs> and shaking your head no. And I so I decided to... Information. <laughs> Tim, do go on politely. There's actually, there's actually a podcast called 10,000 Hours, and it's not about him. But uh, there's, that term has been around for a while. You're right. But anyways... Wrong. Uh, <laughs> he, he has this podcast called revisionist history that that jimmy said he was listening to and i was like oh I, I like that guy let me check it out and i i binged it i listened to the whole season uh this week wow. it's it's phenomenal uh i anybody looking for podcasts that challenge you to think a little bit he is very controversial he says things you're not gonna like and you're not gonna want to agree with and then he and he's very opinionated too and then he he tells you like why you should agree with him and ninety percent of the time, you're kind of going to have to agree with them. That's it, and right. you don't want. Sounds to. exactly like me, except for the fact party backs. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, no, I don't do anything. But no, it was it was it was brilliant. It was uncomfortable. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. Uh, highly recommended. So, revisionist okay. history. I've read just about all of his books, and he's oh, yeah? always really really cool. Like he almost made me want to have my kids at a different part of the calendar. Just because of some of the things he said in Outliers. Oh yeah, yeah. That well, was he talks about like what hours book Outliers. I forgot the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe it was Tipping Point that I'm thinking about. But in one of them, he talks about um, kids' developments. So the kids that do best in school. Oh, I know exactly ones, what you're talking about. The late, you know, the, they're they're right, exactly. older in their grade, not the youngest one in the grade, but the oldest one in the grade. Exactly. Yeah, I've heard. And about the kids that, yeah. that do best in hockey are the ones that are born closest to the yep. cutoff, which is like February or whatever. Yep. Anyways. My kids are born in March. I almost he, feel like you guys could talk about this guy for 10,000 hours. Yeah, we'll be experts then. And he's such a, he's such a great, like, uh, he's so good at, at uh, proving his point. He doesn't, there's, there's no, I think, or maybe he's just, this is it. And whether you, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's just a great way to, to put information out there. He does not equivocate. Yeah. This is what the conclusion is. Yeah. You agree with it now. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So mine, uh, my YouTube pick. So uh, because I've been, uh, I guess we're doing our introductions, because I'm sort of kind of known as like the whiskey box guy, uh, this one-dimensional character, a lot of people send me. <laughs> oh, you're Canadian too, so. So that's relevant. Um, so <laughs> people send me videos all the time of other people's whiskey boxes. <laughs> And I don't know what they're saying if they're saying this is the way you should do it because you suck. But, uh, or maybe they feel like it's like, you know, other colleagues you, in arms. You like whiskey boxes. Yeah, exactly. But I just, somebody just sent me one recently and I landed up binging on the dude's channel. And he's this Scottish guy uh, out of Scotland, believe it or not. So aren't they Scotch boxes then? Uh, uh, they are. But it, there can be Scotch whiskey. So whiskey is the name of the drink. It's called Scotch if it's made in Scotland. He called his a whiskey presentation box. I don't know why. He is in Scotland. Um, and, uh, he likes bourbon. And, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you, like, you like to correct him, apparently. So, But go ahead. That's, that's all right. Anyways, he's, he's like super Scottish. He's got like this awesome Scottish brogue. And he's really talking it. It's sometimes really hard to understand what he's saying. But you got to really pay attention. So, anyways, it's a little Irish to me, not Scottish. No, 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 that's Scottish. Uh, you watch, watch. Uh, what's it called again? Um, Mel Gibson. Uh, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Braveheart. Braveheart. You watch Braveheart a couple dozen times. You'll you'll sound like a real Scotsman. I was, say, I was thinking Star of that Trek. one with Sean Connery and Nick Cage, The Rock. 
where he said, welcome to the rock. And that brogue is, yeah. Oh, it's very shakshi. That's you talking about. Jam. Yes, that one. Jam okay, now you win. You win. That's Scottish that's, right that's, there. But that's Sean Connery. That's that's, that's different. That's, that's not even anybody else's action. That's just that's Sean Connery. just Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Scott. <laughs> oh, man. That's the sound your mother made last night, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness okay, gracious. Okay, so, so you, what are you watching? The Hunt for Red October? What was it again? No. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Don't get me started. What a great movie. That, three, yeah, it was. Three yeah. degree down bubble. Uh, <laughs> Neil McKinley. Neil McKinley. So he's awesome. I started binging on all of his stuff. He's just fantastic, and he's got an amazing way of just presenting his work um, and just very, very charismatic. So uh, the link is is there for that. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what we're watching. Uh, our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out makertechreviews.com. There is, uh, I guess you're going to, I'll let you go do your thing. Well, I'm going to do a couple of things. I've just, I only wanted to say because we are, um, we are recording a little late and I had, we normally record on Mondays and I had the opportunity to visit with, um, a couple different podcasts and, not that you guys should worry or anything. I'm just saying. Well, we're not worried. Oh, but anyway, um, we're, we're so the Made by Nation with our buddies um, <laughs> Matt Haas, Eloy Escajedo, and Ryan Bitters uh, asked me to jump on there, and I did like a little 30 second spot. Check out Made by Nation. Um, it's it's a neat uh, kind of a smaller podcast. Just started. Check it out. And then I was invited on like one of the founding fathers. This isn't like no little, you know, reclaimed audio. We've just been around for a little while. These guys have been around for like a decade. I think they started back in aught four or pretty, something. I'm pretty sure they started pre-internet, actually. It was a radio show back in the 30s. Yeah. AM Gold. That's right. Yep. Oh. Yeah. A- anyway, MWA, a little podcast. Maybe some of you have heard of it. That's right. The Modern Woodworkers Association. That's right. I said that. Well, they had to change the name Rush. because they used to be Ye Old Fashioned Woodworkers Association, but they recently changed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. With old with an E. Old day. Well, well, maybe that's why they invited me on the show because I think I've got both of them by 10 years. Uh, Sean Wisniewski, Diami Plotke. Um, I, I sat down with them, and that will be coming out next early next month. And um, I just can't say thank you enough to both Made by Nation and MWA. You guys all rock and roll. Um, I was honored to be asked to say a few words because I don't say that much on our podcast. So I, I wanted to take the opportunity to have a chance to speak. Mm. You know, it just happens that you two often don't let me have the time I need and I don't want to be pushy or anything. So I relax and I just let you guys go on and on and on. Tim, but you have sometimes... that slide whistle we talked about? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. The eye roll noise? I, I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. Or you can go to williamlutz.com and I'm at timsway.net. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedbacks, uh, criticism about Bill uh, at Reclaimed Audio. <laughs> Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com if you want to complain about him at length. Uh, hit us up on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio the best way to help us uh, stay on the air and um, and and thank you to all those who do 
Anything yes. else, guys? Nope. Be good. No. All right. Other than I good. miss you guys, and uh, we'll talk to everybody later.